2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate, please feel free to do so at 608 501 0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line, and we do have one of those. So, without further ado, new caller, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, Ryan. My name is Ben. I'm from Saukville, Wisconsin. Hey. Um, I just want to say I'm a long-time listener of your show. Uh, I've been listening since about the time that we got rid of Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb the first time. Wow. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, so I saw something on Facebook today, and it says, still crazy that nine of the last 21st and second-round picks for the Packers have been defensive backs it lists them all out, Mm -hmm. and it says, Thank goodness for Jair. Apparently this is an Andy Herman quote. And on there is Darnell Savage. And I remember back when Darnell Savage was drafted in the first round, everybody was kind of up in arms about it, and they all said that there were better safeties on the board. And right off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly who they were. Sure. But I was wondering if you could just go back to that draft class and look at the other safeties, because I believe he was the first safety taken, if I'm not I mistaken. I think so, yeah. um, Look at the other safeties and see how those guys turned out, see if Savage was the right pick or maybe if there was a better pick. Obviously, in hindsight, it doesn't matter, but I'm just curious because at the time I was upset about the pick, but also, you know brian gutekunst is more knowledgeable than me obviously so uh, i trust in goot and uh, i'm fully behind goot i think everything with this rogers thing is pretty silly and i'm ready for him to go but we don't need to talk about that anymore it's been thoroughly covered so yeah just uh take a look at that safety class and sure. see if maybe savage wasn't the right pick or maybe we were all wrong for saying that he was a bad pick and maybe he wasn't the best of that group but anyway keep up the good work or thanks for all you do and have a good one
2: well thanks man i appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in it's it's fun to hear because there it's it's kind of a weird thing because you know i've been doing this for a very very long time and and there are a lot of listeners that i do know and i've known them for a long time and you know, they've been pretty vocal from the beginning. They reach out and, and, you know, they call in. Some of them call in, some don't, whatever. But I know who they are. Some in the Facebook group, some from Twitter, some from wherever. But there are a lot of people that have been listening for a long time. I have no idea who they are. So it's just good to hear from you, man. Yeah, so the the by far top guy was Nasir Adderley. Very, very big name. Oh, By the way, before I get into it, the Packers obviously are famous for this. I mean, they did it last year with Quay Walker. Quay Walker, and yes, he's flying up the board. That's that's the other character. I mean, uh, Jair. Jair was, you know, he's flying up the board, but he was not considered the top corner. Savage was not the top safety. Quay was not the top defensive tackle. I mean, this is like every year (laughs) that this happens. So we almost have to just uh, expect it. But yeah, so Nasir Adderley was top dog. He was sort of the long-rangey coverage guy, right? Then you had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who obviously everybody does know he was. And by the way, there weren't really, according to the consensus big board, there wasn't a single first round safety. Nasir Adderley was 36th overall. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was 37th. Then it was Jonathan Abram, sort of the heavy hitter guy. He was 41st. Then Juan Thornhill at 43. Then it was Darnell Savage at 48. So they're all really compact in here. Then it was, De- there's so many safeties. Then it was Deontay Thompson at 50. So Savage 48, then Deontay 50, then Taylor Rapp at 52. So 36, 37, 41, 43, 48, 50, 52. I really like Taylor Rapp because Taylor Rapp was just this, I understood he was sort of slower, probably not the best coverage guy, but the guy refused to miss tackles. I, I don't know why I was so obsessed with the guy, but he I just liked him, and I don't think it's super panned out. But, anyways, let's take a look at these guys. Um, Nasir Adderley, first of all, he was taken in the second round, actually picked 60 overall. Um, His grades over the four years 42, 50, 67, 62. So that has not necessarily proved to be fruitful. I mean, his last two years have been at least um, competent, but not dominant. Then the next, uh, seemingly the next best safety was Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Now, Johnson is seen as an elite safety. He isn't, though. He never really has been. I don't know why there's so much hype for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. It's very similar to what has happened all the years with Honey Badger, where the guy's been pretty mediocre his entire career, but everybody says he's an elite guy. The fact that he is no longer with um, New Orleans, he was there for three years, then he got shipped off to Philadelphia, he spent one year there, now he's in Detroit. It kind of goes to show you he's not as good as he's being made out to be. As a rookie, and maybe this is where all the hype came from, he did have a 71-grade, 80.8 run defense, 66 coverage. Since then, his grades have been 60, 62, 65. So not super great. Average. I mean, again, competent. He's a guy that you can plug in there, he can play, but you're trying to replace him. Last year, he had five good games. His grade in the Super Bowl for Philadelphia was a 50.8. Jonathan Abram has been a complete disaster. Um... He was just this big, mean, violent, heavy hitter. His grade with the Raiders for three years, 38, 36, 56. Then in 2022, he actually did spend some time in Green Bay, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But he started off with the Raiders, had a 49 grade. Then I think in Green Bay, 60 grade, he played one snap. And then he went to Seattle, he had a 53 grade. So he's terrible. Then you have Juan Thornhill, who is probably the underrated guy in this entire draft class. Um, Again, not, not an elite safety, but he is good. He was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round, pick 63. His grades since 2019, 71, 59, 70, 72. So he's good, and it's mostly coverage, which is what you want. He's not super great in run defense, but 78, 63, 70, 75 are his coverage grades. Then when we get to Darnell Savage... He obviously has been with the Green Bay Packers this entire time. His grades started off with 66 and then a 72. And then, and I'm going to point this out because I insist that it's a thing, we switched defensive coordinators and it went from a 72 down to a 57. And then this past year was a 47 where he rock-bottomed out. I really think he was headed somewhere special in that last um, scheme that we had. And, And remember, we drafted him to be a part of a different defense. He started off with a 65 grade as a rookie. That's a good grade. Then in year two, he jumped up to a 72. He had a 76 coverage grade as a rookie and a 73 coverage grade, 74 coverage grade in year two. He was very good in coverage the first two years. 2021, his coverage grade was a 60. So that's when the decline started with the new defensive coordinator, but it was still average. And then this past year, his coverage grade was a 43.8. Is it possible that he kind of learns and figure out how to do this whole scheme thing? Maybe, but the fact that they're moving him around so much makes it seem like that sort of last dying gasp of how can we use this guy? How can we keep him viable? Which is upsetting because, again, I I think I really think he was going to be something. I don't think he can be something with, with us anymore. I think he could maybe be something somewhere else. Um, not that we would trade him to the Vikings, but since that's where our defensive coordinator went, maybe. Vikings seem to have a great great luck with safeties anyways if if we ended up releasing savage maybe after this year and and petton and those guys are still in minnesota i know he's not the defensive coordinator but if if that's sort of the influence that they want there i think that's a guy that they should pick up and i think he would run there in a second but anyways um yeah it it, it obviously hasn't been great and it's getting worse every year um my faith in in his ability to do anything in this scheme has has rock bottomed out i think Then there was Deontay Thompson. He's played four years in Arizona. His grades 50, 54, 69, and then this past year was a 61. He only played two weeks before getting hurt. Um, So I guess the jury's still out. He was bad his first two years, but then kind of had a year. Well, actually, he didn't. He only played 85 snaps that year. So he hasn't played the last two years, and he was bad his first two years. So that was a bad pick. But actually, he went in the fifth round, so this whole thing is just wrong anyways. Then Taylor Rapp, my guy, went um, in the... Second round, he actually is, is better than, than I thought. His past year, he really took a step. And of course, it's the tackling where he thrives. His tackling grade over the four years, as I completely anticipated 81, 71, 83, and then 85. But his PFF grade overall was 63, 67, 64. And then this past year was a 76.2. He had a 73 coverage grade, an 82.3 run defense grade, 84.6 tackling grade. So um, I don't know if he's ever going to be. Consistently a really good uh, safety. Oh, by the way, he's in Buffalo now. Oh, dang, dude. I don't know. We shall see. But it seems like of that group, sort of the expected second round prospects, some of them did not go in the second. Um, Juan Thornhill would be probably the best, followed maybe by Taylor Rapp. And everybody else is average to bad, including, yes, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So was it the best pick? Probably not. Although, again, I'm freaking upset that we drafted a guy for Mike Patton. It seemed to be a really good uh, fit, and then we changed. So now it's like, okay, well, the guys that don't fit here kind of... And that is the problem with changing defensive coordinators, by the way. We're drafting guys to fit that scheme. There may be a hidden cost in there where suddenly some of these guys that we just take for granted and assume are very good become not so good anymore because they're being asked to do things in a scheme that they weren't drafted for. Just a thought.
1: Hey Ryan, I have I have questions okay. um, about the Cam Newton thing. So he so he comes out right and he says ain't thirty two motherfuckers better than me, and that he's making a comeback into the NFL, right? Okay, okay, I get it. I disagree. I think there are thirty two better than you, probably more. Um, now he comes out with a list of people that he wants to back up. He wants to play backup in a league with 32 teams <laughs> and 32 starting quarterbacks. So he's admitting that there are 32 motherfuckers better than him? I, I don't... Like, am I the a- here? And then, on top of that, like, if that weren't enough to unpack, then he says that he admires Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Dude, read the room. You gotta read the room before you say yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just need your opinion on that. Like, what is going on with Cam? Somebody needs to check on him. Go back out.
2: Yeah, that, I, I didn't even really... I saw everybody kind of blew up on that. I didn't really look at it. Um, but it was it was weird. I mean, he's, he's dressed up in his, like, 1970s pimp outfit. Um, which, let's be honest, that's I would probably do the same thing. In fact, I almost kind of did. I remember I was looking for... I don't know why I was looking for, like, a suit. But my dad took me somewhere, kind of like a off-brand kind of thing or whatever. And I saw this um, like all-green suit with like a green hat that had a feather in it. And I told my dad, I was like, I kind of want that. And shockingly, I thought he was going to look at me and be like, you're not doing that. He was like, you should do it. And I was like, holy crap, I can't believe you actually think that that's awesome too. Uh, I did not do it. I don't know why. Probably because I was, was and am to some degree a penny pincher. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I would do that today. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'll I'll be honest. I'm planning on going down to the thrift store down the street here. And, um, if I see something like that, I'm buying it and I will wear it around the house because who cares? Or maybe go to the grocery store. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is I would probably do it too, but it would be ironically, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to take myself seriously. It's funny. I think he kind of takes himself seriously, which... To be fair, is is funny. But yeah, the the whole thing was was dumb. I, I didn't see there aren't thirty two quarterbacks better than me. I don't know, maybe. But similar to the Cam Newton thing, there there are multiple variables, one of which is how much money are you asking for? Right? If you're looking for um the minimum payment, I would bet that somebody would actually pick you up, probably. But you're not, are you? So you're lying when you're sitting, you're talking and making it seem like it's just about talent. Oh, you just won't want me to play because you think that I'm good enough and I'm better than that And then that video was funny because essentially what he did is he's like, here's the list of players that I would back up. And he just listed every black quarterback in the NFL. And then he says Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... It was like, oh, dope. <laughs> and then he says, like, Josh Allen, and he lists, like, the top quarterbacks. So it's like, I'll back up any of the black quarterbacks or, like, the really, really good ones. It's like, all right, fair enough, I guess. Weird, but okay. But no, I I, I think he's kind of a goofball. Um, I don't know how serious he even is about playing, if I'm being honest. I think he's putting on a circus act. I think if he was serious about playing, he would probably do more serious things and say more serious things, focus on, you know, working out and staying in shape and working with professionals on, you know, fundamentals, things like that. And then um, understanding your actual value, which is relatively low at this point. And if you want to play, you'll play for that amount. And if you won't, then then I guess you just won't play and you, you really just need to stop whining about it, right? We understand... What you've done in the past that doesn't have anything to do with what you are now, and just like every other quarterback that has to move on, you have a choice to make. You can be a backup. You can play for very little money, maybe as a starter, because there are a lot of teams that have bad quarterbacks. You know, like the Jets just seem to be in a pinch these days. If things with Rogers did fall through, would they be consider? Sure, why not? For for very little money, I'm sure they would at least consider it. But he's not being serious. And yeah, the Deshaun Watson thing was, was pretty bad. Again, from a read the room standpoint, I mean you, you can potentially say, like, look, I know the guy. I know he made a mistake, but I've I've met the guy. I know he's got a good this, that, or the you know, you know what I mean? I, I but keep that to yourself. Like if, if you choose not to completely abandon him and you wanna give him your phone number and, and mentor him and try to help him through his problems and his struggles to make him a better man, that's not a bad thing. But yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily go on and Especially say he's a good dude, you know what I mean? Like, I maybe know what you're trying to say, but just don't don't walk in those waters. It's a freaking, it's, it's just a minefield. Don't go out there. There's no reason to. Don't even talk about it. If you want to say, I want to back up to Sean Watson, go ahead. And we can be left to our own thoughts as to why you would put him on the list. We can make up whatever nonsense we want, but you come out and say, because he's a good dude, it's like, well, okay, well, there you go, I guess.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey. Um, I just wanted to call in to talk about um, the conversation that's been going on for a week or two in the Pac-Man After Dark show with the, uh, is it better to go all in and win and then for 10, 15 years or is it better to um, be, you know, good uh, every year but not, you know, necessarily win the Super Bowl every year or have a... People want to phrase that. Um, and if, um, I know some people that are Bears fans uh, in my family, and trust me, they're miserable all the time. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be like that. Um, and you can say, well, the Bears don't go all in, they just suck all the time. Well, maybe that's their fair point. But if you look at the Rams, it, you're only, it was one. Year after the Super Bowl, before they had to start tearing down because they went all in. A couple things don't break your way, and you got contracts that you can't pay on. and um, I can't imagine how much dead money they're going to have this year. But, um, you know, so that's one thing is you want to watch good football, and uh, you want to be able to turn the game on on Sunday and hope it's going to be a good game, and not turn the game on on Sunday and know we're going to get destroyed. So that's part of it. The other thing that I think a lot of people lose sight of is, uh, I think this quote-unquote all-in talk is kind of crap. But anyway, even if you say that there is a more all-in than what we did last year, which I don't believe, but um, what was I saying? Oh, my point was, if you are good, like the Packers are almost every year, and you get into the playoffs, that means you have a chance of winning the Super Bowl every year. It doesn't matter if you went all in and you traded all your draft picks for, you know, stars and kick pers- the can down the road, or if you didn't do that and you, you tried to have a more balanced approach. Um, if, if you're in the playoffs, you got a chance. You know, injury can hit and take out a star. You know, so many things can happen. You can get hot and go on a run. Um, you can have breakout players that you're not paying a ton of money. So I just – I'd prefer to be good every year because that means every year we have a chance to win it all, even if we're even if not the favorites to win it all. So, you know, I think we lose sight of that, too. Well, we only won two Super Bowls between Rodgers and uh, Favre. We could have easily have won seven Super Bowls. And some things didn't break our way, but, man, we had a lot of good years. So, all right, that's all. Talk to you later.
2: Let me uh, use <laughs> – it's funny, uh, Mr. Matt Hebert – posted on twitter if you want to see the the uh gm luck thing he posted it on there and i retweeted it so you can go find it there but he was talking about oh man two shout outs in two days well now it's going to be three for three matt because this is um this is kind of a a good way to illustrate what what we're talking about here if you want to win a suit that that's the problem with the whole question The whole question of would you rather have sustained success but not win a Super Bowl or go all in and win a Super Bowl but then be bad. It's a garbage question because that's not how that works. If you want to win a Super Bowl, the best way to do it is to have sustained success. Let me prove that to you mathematically. If you look at the four Super Bowl winners over the last four years, we're talking Gutekunst's tenure. The odds of them winning, 2019 the Chiefs had a 17.3% chance. This is odds of them winning at the start of the playoffs the Buccaneers had a 6.7% chance the Packers were number one at 17.3 Bills 12.4 there were several that were uh, or uh, three I guess the Saints also were higher and then they were tied with the Baltimore Ravens oh and the the Kansas City Chiefs excuse me 28.8% chance Tampa Bay had a really low chance at 6.7% the Rams 7.5% and then the Chiefs 20.3%. They've been really high, obviously, every single year. But even the highest of the high percentage chance, we're talking the best team, was the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs. They had a 28.8% chance. So the question isn't, would you rather be a team that is good for a, while, for a long time but doesn't win or go all in and win? Because even if all-in equates to a 28.8% chance, your odds are still really low. So would you rather have, for example, the Packers' odds over the three years that they were in the playoffs were 8, 17, and 18? So it averages out to 14.6%. So the Packers' odds were actually better than the all-in teams anyways. So the, the, the... I don't even need to go any further in my illustration. Those two teams went all-in, and they still didn't build teams as good as the Packers had. So the all-in isn't what caused them to win, because they didn't even build very good teams. I mean, of course, they're good, but compared to the four teams that had better chances of winning the Super Bowl, it was not very good. But would you let's just even pretend that you get 30% by going all-in, and you're guaranteed to be garbage for the next, let's say, three years. Would you take a 30% chance, or let's call it a 25% chance, of winning a Super Bowl, or would you rather have a 14.6% chance for, you know, uh, let's call it 20 out of 30 years? If you say one 30% chance, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, again, just pretending that all-in means 25%, which it doesn't, it's going to take, what, two and a half years? Three, so between two and three years of, of being at 14%? Before we surpass that probability, am I wrong i don't I don't know that that I was very good at statistics, the uh finite mathematics. I thought it was so cool because it was all basically just gambling and statistics. but now I forget exactly how all that works, but call it three years in three years, I have the same odds as you, and again. I've already We've already surpassed the all-in team's odds. We were already better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year the Bucs won. We were better than the Rams the year the Rams won. So they went, quote-unquote, all-in. And this, this, by the way, this is exactly what I've been trying to say for the longest time. It's not the best team, necessarily, that wins all the time. And just because you did the wrong thing that happens to come out right doesn't mean it's the right thing. Again, if you hit, if you have a 20 sitting there and you hit, you're an idiot. If, if an ace comes up, guess what? You're still an idiot. Well, no, I won, so it's a, No, you're an idiot. Unless you're counting cards or something, and you just knew somehow that there's only aces left, you are an idiot. Even if you hit on a 21, you are a freaking moron. You don't hit on 20. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went all in so that they can get to 6.7% and be tied for the fifth best team in the playoffs. The Rams went all in and ruined their future. Why? No draft picks, so they have no future. Why? It's not just cap. You can fix the cap thing pretty quickly. It's it's the it's the opportunity cost. Having lost all those draft picks that should be on your team for the next ten years, that are on somebody else's team. They did all that for what? For a seven point five percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are at fifteen percent. The Buccaneers are at ten point five percent. The Titans were at 10.5%. The Bills were at 10%. The Packers were at 20%. The Rams went all in so they can get up to 7.5%. Whoopty frickin' doopty. Cowboys were at seven. It's stupid. It is stupid. Again, all in doesn't mean 90%. It doesn't. Sacrificing your future so that you can have a 7% chance of winning this year is dumb. Will it work? Doesn't matter. It's dumb. Don't do it. Don't do it. Statistically speaking, this is stupid. That's why the question is nonsense. Would you rather have sustained success or, or go all in and win a Super Bowl but ruin your future? No, sustained success is how you win. You can accidentally go, quote-unquote, all-in and win, I suppose. But that doesn't mean it's a good decision. It was a stupid decision that happened to work, and now there's a bunch of fans out there that think being stupid is the best way to win, and it's not. I'm pleading with you to understand this. 7.5% chance of winning the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs, not the beginning of the year, once the playoffs started, Vegas said, yep, about a 7 8% chance. Good Lord. And this is not prior to, it's not like, well, yeah, but then they got Odell Beckham. No, he'd been on the team the whole time. This is well after the trade deadline, so there were no big trades that happened. Odell had already been there. He's picked up off the street or whatever. 6.7% for Tampa. By the way, they had a better chance the next year. Tampa Bay was even better. They went all-in again, brought everybody back, got themselves all the way up to a 10.5% chance, which was tied for the Titans and behind the Chiefs and the Packers. And guess what? Chiefs lost, Titans lost, Packers lost, the all-in Bucks lost, and the freaking idiot Rams with a 7.5% chance won. Because just like poker, sometimes the terrible poker player catches a card. Right? I mean, in a perfect world, we want the best teams to win. May the best man win, right? Well, if that was the case, then let's see. The, looks like Ravens would have won in 2019. The, oh, the Chiefs would have won in 2020. The Packers would have won in 2021. I had that backwards, I think. Um, and then what? The Chiefs would have won in 2022. So Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs is how it should have panned out. And the Ravens, to be clear, that that's a team that has not had good wide receivers for a long time, right? That's weird. Why would they be near the top? And the Packers don't have wide receivers, and the Chiefs in 2022 didn't have wide receivers. That's three teams? That's weird. And would you be surprised to find out that none of these teams were top 10 in spending in the years that they were the best teams? Supposedly, Baltimore was the highest at 11th in 2019. In 2020, the Kansas City Chiefs were the third least in terms of their spending. In 2021, the Packers, as we talked about before, were the second least. And then in 2022, the Kansas City Chiefs were 16th. So I don't see a huge, if anything, there's an inverse correlation, which I've already stated makes sense. Because if you're not spending a lot, it's because you don't have a lot of money, which generally means you have really good players. Generally, not always. You could just be bad with with your money, which I think is in part due to why the Packers are so low these last couple years. Anyways, we're going to take a break. But before we do, as I'm going to tell you even more tomorrow on the podcast, I am planning to raise money for personal selfish reasons. I'm not asking for donations. Instead, I'm going to be unloading some new apparel, some new t-shirts. We've already got two. I've got uh, several more concepts that I need to flesh out a little bit. But uh, JJ helped me with a new design for Pizza is Life. I talked about how I wanted to get that one out. So um, check the socials, the Twitters, and... um, I'll get some discount codes, I think, out to Patreon and whatnot if I can remember. I'm stupid and I forget things all the time. Just like I was supposed to get them a phone number and I forgot until just now. But uh, be on the lookout for those. If you'd be interested in buying, it would be super cool. I'm hoping to uh, get some fun, cool, unique concepts and designs out to you. If you have any ideas, you can shoot them my way. But I'm having fun trying to come up with some new stuff. I've been kind of lazy on it. I was big on the t-shirts a while ago. And then during like COVID, some of the wait times were like months and people were complaining like, dude, I ordered this as a comment. I'm like, I don't know. And then I kind of just got away from it. I don't think that's a thing anymore. So I'm going to kind of dive back in. Anyways, let's take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arenaclubcom packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10 percent off a $400 slab pack that's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com/ packdaddy for 10 percent off your first purchase. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only? Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
4: Patty cake, BS, kindergarten garbage.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to say patty cake. That
4: is the most hilarious thing I've heard you say in a long time, Ryan. <laughs> that pretty much sums up how I think we all feel about all of this garbage that people are spewing and using these empty uh, commentary to put down a historic, legendary team. Oh. Um, I hope more uh, notable players, coaches come out in defense of Green Bay when it comes to these News, you know, bobbleheads talking, uh, empty words when it comes to Green Bay. I appreciate that, Ryan, you take the time and the effort to speak for the rest of us that don't have a voice and argue with logic and with articulation of uh, how we feel. And what needs to be said? It's a shame that you don't have a larger uh, venue to argue with some of these hypocrites and idiots that do have the nation's ear. So, here's to it, Ryan. I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate you being the sword and shield going forward when it comes to Green Bay and protecting our uh, protecting our name. So. Have a great weekend.
2: Appreciate it, Garrett. I do. It's very nice of you. Uh, I wish we could do like a, I don't want to say get together, because then it's going to be like, oh, let's do it. And then it's going to be this thing. And I'm not going to want to do it. But I'm just picturing in my mind a small, intimate setting, like at my house. So I don't have to go anywhere. I can just stay in my freaking pajamas. But we just kind of sit around, you know, me and the boys. And, uh, you know, um, what what is the name? 1265 fan. It's not just the boys, you know, the, the ladies are invited too. Lady? Is it just lady? I think we're down to just lady now. We've had ladies call in in the past. It was, well, my wife, but she lives here, so she's not, like, invited. She just she just stays here. Uh, There was a horse girl that I think I scared off. Aaron called in, like, when we first started this. Is that it? Anyways, small intimate setting. We got the grills going. Just got the smell of, like, smoked meat sitting around. Get a fire going, you know? Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Be fine with that. You guys got to go at like a reasonable time because I get tired. You know how it is. But be a good time. Be a good time. Just Sit around. You guys can cheers me and talk about how great I am. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. That'd be dumb and weird and a waste of everybody's time and especially mine. Actually, especially yours because you had to travel. But I'm gonna say especially mine because I'm selfish like that.
0: Hey, Ryan. Hey. Um. Act, daddy.
2: What up?
4: I see that Rodgers is uh, throwing with his receivers in the offseason now. That's kind of great. Yeah. Think about what would have happened the last three or four years if you would have put that kind of effort into the team he was on. They gave him $195 trillion. A little upset about that.
2: Thanks, bud. Talk to you later. Well, see, the problem is you're just a hater. The problem is you're a hater. You're you're over here talking about Rodgers, and that's all you want to talk about is Rodgers, but what about Gutekunst not getting Odell Beckham? What about Gutekunst not getting Will uh, Fuller, right? Or freaking, uh, I don't know, Brandon Marshall or something, Stu. I mean, there's been 600,000 big-name wide receivers over the years on top of other every other position. You want to focus on guys like Rodgers, but really, we could have just packed more people in here. We could have just been packing and packing and packing and packing and packing. Just keep shoving them in there to compensate for the failures of Aaron Rodgers and all the other big guys that are expected to actually do things as opposed to these, you know, million-dollar rentals. That's what we needed. The million-dollar rentals, the old guys that can't seem to find steady jobs. That's that's what we need to be leaning on, you freaking hater, you loser, moron, jerk. I'm going to start taking the other side and just berating all of you. It would be kind of funny. I don't know, jerk, loser, moron, goot loving, just kissing on his forehead and licking his face. You freak. You just want a motorboat goot, don't you? You freak, nasty, gross, jerk, hater. Why don't you light on Aaron Rodgers jersey on fire? Hypocrite, jerk, ungrateful idiot, goot, corn cobs smoking, freak show, dork, loser, moron, idiot, sissy. Bet you wouldn't say that to Roger's face, loser idiot. Huh? Big man? Why don't you go spit in Roger's face, see what happens. So we can videotape it and watch him punch you in the face. Jerk moron loser goot lover. Goot sniffer. You're a goat sniffing goot lover. Freak moron jerk. Idiot dork moron jerk off. Hello. Hey, what's going on? hey. another idiot. Going. What's up? I don't up?
5: know if y'all can hear me. I want my headset, so sorry. I apologize. What's going on? If I'm, if I'm low, my voice is low. You're good. Um, I was calling because I was trying to say, I hear a lot of things about the wide receivers. It's a weak class. Yeah. Um. I rather, uh, I was looking up some uh, rankings, and now apparently Johnson is back up at number one. I know he was number one, then. Huh. Jalen uh, took the number one spot, right. but a lot of people are saying Johnson's back up at number one because
2: he can like. I think that just kind of goes to show the like where the class is at. The fact that it's hard to say that there's a clear number one. I just saw you know JJ just posted a thing that's you know basically nobody thinks that there's and, and Clayton's posted it too, but um, nobody thinks there's a number one wide receiver except Jackson Smith and Jigba. Right. So it's like, oh dang and then again you read the McGinn thing and people say different things and then the, you know, you saw something where it's like, no, it's actually Quentin Johnson is the top guy. It's like I don't know, man. I I just I struggle to think that there's a clear number one. We all might have our own clear number ones, but there doesn't seem to be a consensus. Depending on who you ask. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna kick back and see how it goes.
5: Even though his hands might not be all the way there yet. Yeah. If they develop into that, it's consistent, you know, going to grab the ball, that uh, you know, he'll be a number one wide receiver. Versus uh GSN is more of a slot guy and probably a number two. Um so I actually like uh would rather us draft the wide receivers like let's say if we get the Jets two second round picks,
6: mm-hmm.
5: I actually would like to draft like, you know, two in the second round. I think the depth is more better and you're not you know, spinning a lot of picks, like, uh, it's a couple of receivers, you know, like Boucher and, um, I'm trying to think of like number one people who be the number one receivers, like, uh, A.T. Perry,
6: yeah. uh,
5: Wick was another wide receiver, and that probably would more, more be like a third round pick, but maybe like our, uh, later second round pick we can do that. But it's, a, it's, I like the depth, you know, at, in the second round versus the number, you know, one round because it seems like a lot of the first round, typical wide receivers wouldn't be in the first round last year. You know, even you know, Watson wasn't even the first round he almost if the Vikings would have been trade like they should have. But nonetheless, I kinda would rather us do that. Um because you don't I'd rather if we miss on one that it'd be a second round. And like that we hit you know, we get those positions like the tackle and the outside linebacker pass rush stuff like that. And uh, you know, that's that's my take. So I know you don't really have a, like a favorite wide receiver, but I'll just do this. If you could pick yeah. three wide receivers that the Packers would draft, who would you want it to be, and where? That's be my question for you. All right, go pack, go, y'all.
2: I'll see you're putting me on the spot now. I was I was a bigger fan of your question until you went at the end there. I'm I'm gonna give you an, an incomplete. I don't I don't know. I don't know yet. Um I got to continue to work through, I mean, because we're talking later in the draft, obviously. I mean, I'm not just going to pick the top three. But I I will say this. I, I generally agree. Let's say that we have to draft a wide receiver. My preference, and I know a lot of people get mad because it's, you know, we got to get JSN or whatever. My preference probably would be to trade back. I think there's good receivers in the class. I don't necessarily know about the top end. I mean, of course, there's a good chance that somebody's going to be a freaking stud. That's how it's been for several years in a row now. And if there is a, a clear number one guy, you know, th- there's there's going to be that one guy that is like, I told you, you bunch of idiots. And it's like, all right, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. But I just, I would rather take multiple swings because I think there's going to be good receivers. And I'd rather have multiple chances at, at getting those guys. Specifically talking about wide receiver. Now, again, it's kind of incomplete. Maybe I'm going to at some point completely fall in love with one of the top guys. It hasn't happened yet. Tomorrow I go through... Um, Sort of the top 10 prospects, I kind of skipped a couple, so I think we did eight or seven or something, but a lot more prospects to get through, a lot of wide receivers to get through to be able to kind of pick the three. And that's kind of a big reason why I don't do a lot of mock drafts, just because like I, I, I can go through the first round, but nobody cares about just the one pick. But then beyond that, it gets so, so tough because I don't really know. And you can kind of look at it on the spot, but it's, I don't know, it's tough. So my answer is, and, and honestly, part of it is I don't really know what i want in a receiver do i want just a slot guy if so do i want to invest high in a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba or should we wait until a little bit later because it's generally not seen as 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 premium of a position as for example, you know, any of the boundary wide receiver positions, especially that true X number one guy. Unless Jackson Smith and Jigba can be that as well as a slot guy, then it's kind of a different conversation. Do we need an ex receiver or is that Romeo Dobbs do we have confidence in him to be that dude could we potentially get another speed guy like Jalen Hyatt and we have two of them we end up turning into the Miami Dolphins that's the other problem what, what do we even usually it's kind of clear like we don't have this one thing I don't really know what we need and to what degree we need it you know a slot guy for sure but then it's even do you want the big slot do you want like the small like what is what is the prototype of the guy I'm trying to build here I don't know so, I have failed you, Omar, and I'm sorry I called you an idiot. I just was kind of in the moment there.
0: <laughs> hey, Brian. Hey. This is Trucker Bob. Trucker Bob. We need it back home for Easter weekend. Nice. Get to spend time with the family and enjoy the weekend with uh, candy and church celebrations and sure. stuff. Anyways, you guys have been talking about horror movies. Here we go. And um, you've been classifying them and different types of genre, um, I would like to put my two cents worth in here. Let's do it. Um, the best way to tell whether a horror movie is really a good horror movie or not, there's one test oh that you can use on every single movie, and it'll work. What you do is ask a lady out okay. to go to the movies with you, and as you're watching the movie, you. she grabs your arm <laughs> and it turns white, you have a good horror movie. Okay. That is my number one test of whether a horror movie is good or not. A second thing, and maybe you guys might want to talk about this, is what's the worst movie you've ever seen? And my choice for the worst movie I ever saw in which I went to a movie theater, that's that's the category here. You went to a movie theater, and the worst movie ever saw, my choice is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Never was there a worse movie made and so (laughs) stupid is that thing. Anyways, that's Chuckle Bob's thoughts for today. I'm out of here. Happy Easter, Ryan.
2: Well, I, I like the test. Um, I'm not going to overanalyze it because I just appreciate it for what it is. Um, Fair enough. As far as worst movie ever, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain here because I'm sure I've seen some putrid garbage. Um, I I know there have been some that have been physically painful to watch. What was the one? It was something like, I don't think it was down and out in Beverly Hills. I don't think that was the one. What was the one that Johnny Depp did where he was um like just tripping out the whole time and he was being somebody, I forget who he was. That one I hated with a passion. I know there was another we went to Madison one time and this guy had to watch a movie for like a film class or something and it was an all Spanish whatever. That was painful to watch. As far as just movies that I for sure know are are bad and it's a little unfair cuz it's old but, you know, it is what it is. I uh watched The Birds. Was that Alfred Hitchcock or something? That is dumb. I mean, I I appreciate it for what it is. I know there's horror people that are probably mad at me because it's a classic horror film or whatever. But I remember my aunt telling me like she watched that and she was horrified and everything else. And I wouldn't watched. It. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This scared you? It's freaking black birds flying around. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if anybody had a tennis racket, this movie sucks. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? I mean, it still sucks, but I don't know. Speaking of, you know what that reminds me of? A movie that I really, really, really liked that I'm kind of worried to watch because maybe it's you know, it's like one of those things that um, you watch it again and it's stupid. But I've seen it a billion times. Arachnophobia. That's a good movie, man. It's like uh, The Birds or like Night of the Living Dead, but with spiders, you know? That's a good movie. I want to watch that. I haven't seen Arachnophobia in a long time. Anyways, thank you, Trucker Bob. Appreciate you.
7: Well, if nothing else comes out of this dark period, is I'm getting a lot of great ideas for horror films to watch. Thanks, everybody. Unfortunately, all these horror films, I have to spend money to watch them. Uh, Of course, out of all the things I have, it's not on any of them.
2: Right, same here.
7: So, I mean, I, I don't pay for Netflix. I don't pay for Hulu. But I have Paramount. Oh, okay. I have Peacock. I got that one. I have Amazon Prime.
2: Yep.
7: Um You know, you'd think somebody should be on those. No, three ninety nine rental, three ninety nine rental. Well, it's not a lot of money, but still, you know, it's just the point of the thing. Right. Can we get a decent quality horror film on some of these things that I stream all the time? Can you offer those? Maybe. I mean, I pay for them. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, I did watch Hereditary, Heredity, whatever that's called. And, oh, my God, every time I hear a, I just shiver. (laughs) So now it's between the voices and the sinister, which I heard just this morning. And I looked at both of these, and they both look good. But being Saturday morning, and it's just about 7 o'clock, I might go towards the voices because there's a little bit of comedy in there. And I think maybe for the morning, that might be a good one. Another three ninety nine down the tubes. Thanks, Packin' that After Dark family, making me spend more money. <laughs> oh, and I'll, I'll apologize before it starts, but I leave for Florida on Wednesday, oh. and I'm driving by myself. So you might get some phone calls from me, because, you know, what better things to do than to call into a podcast while you're driving it's
2: boring. i mean it's all
7: hands-free but yeah if i need something to do to stay yeah. awake i might just have to call in yep sorry i'm not sorry
2: no i get it that's that's a rough drive man i mean there, there are certain points where it gets cool you know like when it's several hundred miles and then you finally hit it and it's like yeah or when you go into a new state or some areas are just kind of cool, like, oh, check that out, or check this out, or stupid Ruby frickin' Falls, good lord, um, that sign every 500 feet, but, um, no, man, it's, 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 it's a grind driving down there, so I, I hope you have a good trip, I hope you have a safe trip, and, uh, absolutely, because I'm sure, that's the other thing, is you're you're pondering a lot, you have nothing but time to think, although I'd be cranking a lot of music, but maybe you listen to a podcast. And then you start thinking, and then, uh, yeah, call in. We also need updates because everybody else, for the most part, is not driving down to Florida and taking vacations and having a great time with the wind blowing through our hair, cranking music, rocking our way down to the beach. So we want to vicariously live through you, so if you could just give us a play-by-play, that would be great.
5: It hey, was going on? It's Omar 5 5 How what are you up? doing? Uh... Hey, I just uh, I wanted to get caught up with the podcast. Cause I'm almost there, but I have some recommendations. Okay. More rec- recommendations for you. Uh, one's a show, one's a horror movie. Uh, you saw my new horror movies? Um, it's a movie called Barbarian. It's on HBO Max. I saw this movie there, mm-hmm. but it's an awesome movie. Um, I thought I thought it's pretty good, a good horror movie, where it's kind of like two movies, but they're like together and it, it forms the same story. Okay. But I don't wanna to give too much away but you'll watch it and then in the middle of the movie he'll be like, What the hell? And then it'll talk about something else and you like, Why is it talking about this? And then it slowly connects to the first. Yeah. And then you see like the conclusion. But uh, that's a, that was a pretty good movie that uh, I don't know if it was if it'll scare you, but it was it was very intense. You kinda of edge on your seat a lot. Uh, my other one is I don't know if it's considered a horror, it's more it might be like a thriller, but it got your boy Steve Carroll in it. It's called it's on FX or Hulu and it's called The Patient. And it's basically about a serial killer who doesn't want to be a serial killer anymore. So he kidnaps his therapist to try to help him
6: uh oh, yeah. trying to
5: stop killing people. So that's it was a great it was a great show. I I, I love the show, it's awesome. Um and that was kinda like Edge of Your Seat as well. And the fact that Steve Carroll did such a good job with his Because you know he always does comments. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, he did such a good job with his, uh, like, you know, being a therapist. It was, it was a great show. Um, it was something else I wanted to ask. I wanted to say football related. But anyway, uh, I'll call back when I let's get caught up. All right, go back,
2: go. I forgot about the patient. I, I definitely want to check out Barbarian. That sounds pretty cool, but I don't think there's anywhere for me to see it. And again, like I've said a bunch of times, the problem is I don't have any problem paying three bucks or four bucks or whatever for a movie but you start doing that 10 15 20 times and then you got to explain to your wife why you're spending 50 dollars on movies when there are more pressing things in the world um and then i blame you guys and she's gonna say well you're an adult you can you know you understand you know then you say no i'm not and you know that whole thing no i forgot about the patient that that's a good idea i should watch that um I was kind of confused by it, because like you said, it was Steve Carell, so I'm like, is this a comedy, or what's going on? But yeah, no, that's pretty, it, it's funny, because I, I thought maybe for a second I had seen it, but I think I'm remembering a an episode of Monk, where <laughs> something similar happens. But it says it's on Hulu, and also Disney+, Plus, which seems really odd and random, but I will try those. I tried to watch it just at my desk, but of course, we're having this weird thing where we keep getting logged out of all our stuff. I don't know what that's about. Like, every every other night, we got to re-log back into Hulu and everything else, which is a super big pain. Sometimes, depending on what the thing is, if you have to, like, manually do your... Oh, you know, that is the worst.
5: And so on the again. I did remember uh, one of my other topics I wanted to tell you about. Yeah. I had to do a horror movie. Some of the best horror movies are actually not from America. Like, Asian horror films yeah, are just awesome and, you know... I, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't like to. I, I hate movies where I gotta read subtitles. Yeah. I was lazy. I just rather here, and and I would actually even watch a dubbed version. Yeah. Just so I didn't have to read.
2: I, I've noticed a lot of them are dubbed, and I'm kind of stupid sometimes. I don't notice. Like something seems weird. Like the acting seems weird, or something. And it's it's not until like probably five ten minutes in, I'm like, oh, is this? are they, is, their mouth is not moving right, right. Um, the only thing I notice, and it. it probably was just the particular one i saw but i did see it an asian dubbed one and it was there was something like this girl was pointing up at the ceiling actually i don't think it was dubbed i think it was uh subtitles or whatever but the acting was so bad and i shouldn't say it's the acting i think part of the problem is like the translation is so weird that it makes it seem like bad acting maybe it was dubbed because it just makes it seem like the writing is garbage but it's not really garbage. It's just it's just when you translate it, it doesn't come across quite right in English. So it's like, you know, there was a scene where, and I don't remember the exact wording, but there was like this girl was screaming and she's like, there's there's something in my room. Like the baddies are here. And the mom's like, well, where is it? And of course, that, that the voice acting when it's dubbed is not good either. You know, so even if you had like professional Japanese actors or whatever they are, It's going to be kind of ruined by the translation issues and like really bad acting voice actors. So it's like, mommy, the the baddies are here. No, no baddies in here. Yes, I see it. I see it. Where is the baddie? Up there, mother. I see it. Do you not see it? No, I do not see it. Where is the baddie? And then she starts reaching her hand up and it's like, am I touching it now? No, mommy, higher. Am I? You know what I mean? It's like, this sucks so bad. It's probably a great movie. But it's garbage, <laughs> you know. So maybe, maybe dubbed is is just worse because it's dubbed. Maybe I should try to. I don't know. I don't know. But I I just I have a hard time with those. There was one I watched. It was um it was kind of crazy. I I probably got through sixty percent of it. Maybe I watched the whole thing. I don't know. But it was kind of it was kind of weird. But I think it was German or something. But there was like a town where old people start killing young people or whatever. I don't know. But it was the same thing. It was just, you're kind of just like gritting your teeth all the way through it. Like, come on, man, do something cool because this is kind of stupid. But, yeah, you're right. I'm sure there's some fantastic movies if you can just kind of get over that aspect of it. Um,
5: but it was a couple movies that I, I kind of learned. I learned to adapt. And I'm going to tell you the easiest way to adapt to anybody that doesn't like watching movies with
6: subtitles.
5: Okay. Just act like you're reading a book, which I also don't really like. I yeah. have like a bunch of books that I love about stuff I like reading about and never finish them but regardless if you act like it's a book and you just, just read the words try to read it as fast as possible just read the words and they'll glance up and see like what you read come to life is the best uh, way I think you can handle it if you don't like reading subtitles yeah. but it's not a pain but I'm gonna tell you about the first movie where I fell in love with reading subtitles it's, it's a movie called Train to Busan I actually did a review of it on my uh YouTube page that kind of promote it, um to see it how views. But it's one of my most viewed uh movies. Okay. Um, but it's one of the horror movies with heart. Not very many horror movies have like heart where you get like invested in the characters sure. and you care about the characters. But this film is basically about a a, a single father. Um and his daughter wants to go to see her mom. Um, which is like in the city of Busan and they don't really get along and he keeps messing up her birthday so he decides to go. Well, when he goes, it ends up being a zombie outbreak and they're redoing the American version but it's not going to be as good as the Asian one, I promise you. But, the movie is awesome and I'm going to give you some more good news. I have three copies of it. I I bought it on Blu-ray. Somebody gifted it to me as a DVD so I'm going to just send you the dvd version of it uh nice and uh i promise you you'll love it if you don't want to read the subtitles you can um you can basically go and just listen to the dub version and be you'll be good another film this is not asian but i want to say it's uh i don't know if it's australian or some uh, in the french but it's a movie called high tension which i also tell you it's a perfect because it has a perfect ending um but I'll see if I can see your copy of that too. I think I might have extra copy of that. Nice. All right, go
2: back, go. Appreciate you, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I that's the thing. I'm I'm sure there's like a bunch of fantastic untapped horror films, but you just got to get past it. And and as I'm like as I was talking about it, I bet dubbed is worse than just subtitles. And honestly, subtitles are not that bad for me. I've noticed as far as like if you told me we got to watch a movie, but it's all subtitles. and be like, dude, I don't want to do that. Let's do something else. But I I feel like every time I've seen um, movies with subtitles, it, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. It's it's not as annoying as it would seem. For me, anyways. I don't know.
5: Hey, this is Omar Firefight again. Damn, give me some calls. <laughs> I still ain't finished catching up, but I'm driving uh to Baltimore to pick up my son um, from his spring break with his mom. So, I got a little free time and some thoughts keep popping in my mind from listening to other episodes. Um, one was uh, about the music. I remember how uh, I forgot uh call her, I forgot the number, um, but she was talking about how, well, and you were talking about how old country music, a lot of people like country, like the old country music, and not much of the new country music because it uh, sounds different. Um, and Actually, it's almost like that with every genre of music. Like, think about hip-hop or old yeah. hip-hop. Don't sound like new hip-hop. Right. And, and, you know, pop doesn't sound like, you know, old pop. But the only genre that literally, to me, sounds the same from back in the day to now, just different little sub-parts, is rock. Um, like, good rock and roll music, man, I think is just it's awesome. I listen to rock. Um, so, based on that... I got I want to know your three favorite rock groups. Oh man. Um, I have, I have so many man. I yeah. I don't even know if I have a favorite. I am not going to mention Metallica because everybody mentions Metallica. Yeah. And um love them. I like Alice in Chains It's probably one of Very my favorites. Good. Um also like uh...
2: interestingly enough, I didn't really get into Al- I mean obviously Alice in Chains in the 90s like if you were a 90s kid like me and it was just, that was just all the time. Like you listen to N- N- Alice in Chains and it's just nostalgia. You know, I remember every time we go somewhere, you turn on the radio and it would be like, you know, alternative rock station or whatever, kind of like the newer modern rock stations. Allison Chains just dominated the radio station. Um, but it wasn't like, I, I never went and got an Allison Chains CD. It was just like that song that you know on the radio. Um, but I've started kind of getting back into them and like appreciating them more. And, dude, I have been, like, YouTube is just like, dude, you want to listen to Alice in Chains? I'm like, dude, no, come on, enough with Alice in Chains. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do a little Alice in Chains. And I listen to, the, like, their live uh, music and stuff. It's it's very good. I do like it. And and there's some fantastic, I used to think 90s music was, or I used to say that 90s music is not that great because I like, you know, 80s and 70s and all that kind of stuff. But I'm really, not just, a you know, it, it's not just... Um, that it wasn't great music, but I'm appreciating it more. It, there is some fantastic music. I mean, some of the singers and stuff from then, and um, yeah, I just just some really really awesome. Um, the other one is uh, uh, Pearl Jam. I never really liked Pearl Jam all that much, and honestly, I kind of still don't that much. But Eddie Vedder is really really good. It's funny. I was telling a friend we we're because you know he's big on '90s music too or whatever, and I told him we were talking about some of the different singers that were really really good in that era. And I was like, dude, I tell you what, Eddie Vetter is a fantastic singer. And he was like, yeah, too bad his band sucks. And I was like, that's fair enough. <laughs> um, uh,
5: I think it was the album was called um. Stop. I want to say Silverchair. I I I I not got a brain part. Um and. I also like uh dang, I don't know why I can't name all the that's so many it's hard to pick one. But anyway, uh, I wanted to hear what your three favorite rock albums are. And then tell me what else my other question, dang, it's like I'm I'm I must be out of it or something, y'all gonna be listening to this look at things. and is he talking about? Um, but I also like Queen, that's that's oh, one yeah. that talking my mind so. I can't believe I've got it. It's too many, man. I, I, I don't know if I can keep three, but I definitely love Allison Chains and uh, Queen. Um, but anyway, all right, go back, go. I'll call you with some more crazy questions and in uh, a few, but I'm trying to hold off this time and actually wait until I'm caught up so I can get back <laughs> on topic of what everybody's talking about. All right, go back, go.
2: Yeah, man, that's an absolute impossible question to answer um in contention queen is is phenomenal i don't think they would make the final cut but that you know they would have to be in contention guns and roses absolutely acdc is great but i don't think that they would be in there hendrix is phenomenal like i said strangely enough some of my favorite stuff from hendrix is when he did that little uh offshoot of band of gypsies incredible stuff led zeppelin Dude, I wore out some Led Zeppelin. It's funny because some of these bands, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Because it's those same songs they play over and over. Like, I just don't want to hear them anymore. Like AC/DC, like Back in Black. If I don't ever hear Back in Black again, I'll be fine. It's not a bad song. It's just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm same with like Judas Priest. I really, really love some of Judas Priest stuff, but like the two or three popular hits, I feels sick to my stomach when I hear it. Like, dude, turn that off. That's why, like, classic rock stations are all garbage. Who are these people that can listen to the same, like, four top songs from every one of these bands? Why? It just, it makes me, like, physically sick to even, as soon as I hear it, I'm like, no, no, nope, 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 not doing it. So it's like Led Zeppelin and, and ACDC and some of these, it's like, ah, I don't know. And then you really think about it, it's like, dude, fantastic fantastic bands um pink floyd i don't know the name of the album but i wore that thing out so much and honestly i don't know if they have a bad one i'm sure they've got a billion but there there are so many like pink floyd animals is phenomenal was it uh uh lands of the holy or something is is amazing i mean i i would listen my so my dad had one of those things where he had like the hundred cd cd changer And then he had a bunch of albums, like he had those giant crates and he had a bunch of those crates filled with albums. So, and that's the thing like I didn't know, like some, some of the time what the more popular stuff was. So I just started to appreciate it. And then you start hearing the same songs over. It's like, that's not, first of all, it's not even their best songs. Second of all, stop it. Um, I really liked Aerosmith kind of the same thing where it's like, you know, dream on. I I don't need to hear that ever again, but there are some fantastic Aerosmith songs that never get any play that I haven't heard since I was a kid because, you know, and that's the thing, like my parents would get like the new CDs, like my stepmom would get the new Aerosmith CD and we just wear that thing out, man. But nobody's ever heard those songs, like ever. Uh, The Eagles, I really, really, really like The Eagles. One of These Nights might be maybe my favorite song of theirs, but they've got some fantastic ones. Journey is phenomenal. Van Halen is really good. It's another one, you know, the, the same old songs get worn out, but like Ice Cream Man. Dude, I love Ice Cream Man. It's so stupid, but it's awesome. It's just classic 80s, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> Metallica would have to be at the top. I know everybody's kind of tired of it. And Metallica's kind of unique in that, like, a lot of their songs get played a lot. But I don't, I mean, that was, like, my thing through, like, the end of elementary school, through middle school, like, Metallica was my band. So they would have to be in contention. Is it my favorite today? Probably not, but still a fantastic band. Leonard Skinner does, is amazing. Rush is really, really good. I'm um, skipping a lot, believe it or not. Most of these I'm skipping. Like, you know, Bon Jovi is fine, but he's nowhere near. Talking Heads, The Stooges, Genesis, uh, Foo Fighters I like, but no. U2, no. Red Hot Chili Pe- I I went through like a Red Hot Chili Peppers phase because it was one of those like undiscovered Kind of like later in life, I realized like, dude, Red Hot Chili Peppers has got some good songs. And then you go back through, and I just, I really, this was like late. It was actually like post high school. They're fantastic. Would not be top three, but very good. Soundgarden is very good. Santana's solid. Fish. My dad liked Fish. It was funny. Iron Maiden, fantastic. I did actually like Garbage back in the day. Nowhere near top 50, but Black Sabbath is another one. Their top songs. I can't handle it. Like I, I don't ever want to hear their top songs. But they have some really, really good music that just doesn't get played as much. Crazy Train. I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> like, good lord. And you know what else is funny? One of my favorite Black Sabbath albums is the one that Ronnie James Dio was the lead on. That is so good, so good. My dad fought me on that. I, I played him. I was like, "This is Black Sabbath." He's like, "No, it's not. It's Dio." I'm like, "Well, I know, but it's Black Sabbath." He said, no, it's not. It's Dude, Funkadelic? I would have put that in the funk category and not uh, rock. But since we're talking about it, real good. George Clinton. I bought my dad a, a George Clinton CD one time for like his birthday or something. And I think I played that more than he ever did. Tell him about. Hmm. Again. A lot of people know that song, but there was a lot of other songs in that CD I gave him that was just awesome. By the way, I haven't seen it on this list of Top 100 yet, but since I brought it up, Dio, phenomenal. Probably throw it into contention. And again, Judas Priest, haven't seen, yes, on the list. Rainbow, <laughs> yes. A, I actually won a competition like at a Hooters once. It was a, a question, what are the three bands Dio started? And now I can't remember what the other one was. It's like Dio, Rainbow, and the heck was it? I think Rainbow was the hard one, too. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, then you asked me to list, like, an album. It's like, come on, man. (laughs) Then you got some of the lesser known, or talked about, like, Spin Doctors. I love Spin Doctors. Government Mule is really, really good. The guy that... I forget what the band was. He was in another band, and then he started Government Mule afterwards. Anyways, um, if I just have to slap three together, I have to put Metallica in there. trying to think, like, most obsessed. I mean, Yes, back in the day, Scorpions. Maybe like Metallica, Guns N' Roses. Ugh. Freaking, then you get into like some of the harder later stuff like Ramstein, dude. I was big into Romstein. There are not a lot of Romstein songs that I don't know. You know what's crazy about Romstein is how many songs they sing in different languages. Like they got a couple English ones. Some of the best ones are in different languages. The Russian one. Obviously the Spanish one, which is maybe my favorite, but I can't say it because it's it's uh, a Spanish swear word. It starts with te quiero.
6: Hmm.
2: I'll just I, I'll just say Pink Floyd, I guess. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I can't do three. I'll keep working on it, though. If I come up with something, I'll let you know. Anyways, why don't we leave it at that? Thank you guys for your calls. We are down to 11, so we've probably got a couple days' worth. Um, but we're whittling away at it, so make sure you get your calls in. 608 Have a good night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>